You are listening to Bit Podcast, a business podcast series produced by BitPod on behalf of PKF Malta. This series is brought to you by BitPod's co-founder, Dr. Marilyn Formosa. Everyone, welcome to this latest episode of the BitPod by PKF. I hope you're well. My name's Alicia, and I'll be temporarily taking over host duties for today of your usual host, Marilyn. Uh, today, I'm here remotely, of course, with two special guests who are going to be telling us a little bit about their recent experience in attending the Virtual U Global Immigration Expo. Um, so without further ado, I have with me two of our colleagues here at PKF Malta, Michaela and Miranda. Hello. Hello, hello. Hello. Um, so, of course, everyone is by necessity having to adapt to new ways of living and new ways of working. So I think it'll be really fascinating to understand a little bit more about how this virtual conference played out. Um, so first of all, um, Michaela, could you please describe the virtual environment to our listeners so that they can understand what we're talking about, uh, what it was about, how the virtual formalities played out and so on? First of all, thanks for having us. It was a very different experience um, having been to Hong Kong by virtual jet plane. Conference itself, you had the main elements in the sense that you still had the conference hall, um, you still had the, the auditorium and the, bo- the boots lined up. And with the difference at this time, it was all spread out on, on your computer screen and visiting a boot was just a mouse click away. Um, attendees were this time sharing virtual coffees instead of the freshly brewed black coffee and the typical morning buffet at the breakfast table. And each attendee's watches all probably read a different time. So that was the fascinating part of it. And um, we were all, all the attendees were in different locations. Um, in our case, we had to wake up at 3 a.m. To, to be able to attend from uh, from the beginning of the conference. Um, so we had that imposed jet lag element. Um, so in a sense, it was similar but very different. So at the same at the same time, you would have on, on your boots. You can discuss obviously with your with your partners. There was a representative board, and um, for all three of us, and um, that were representing PKF Malta, where we could discuss in private. There was a private chat, um, and we could also see who was visiting our boot. Um, we would have people um, lining up that tab. Um, then it was your option whether you, you want to chat to them um, or they would chat to you with social media chat, so to say. Virtual chat like you would have on, on your social media. It's a different element of it where the, the discussions and the speeches, the, the panel discussions. And these were done in a video call, group video call setting. And with all the, the speakers in, the, in their own homes or offices. And so that was one of the most, I think for me, it was the, the most different element of it. People can see our booth, their company logo, introduction, uh, service and contact information. Meanwhile, they can download and save our brochure whenever they want. And also, whenever have a technical issue happens, the organizer is so sweet, they can help us uh, at first time. And now for a quick intermission. PKF Malta, we offer a full range of immigration solutions and have dedicated ourselves to meeting excellence as a standard every time. This year, our VIP Client Handling Division celebrates seven years of success, gratitude, friendship and trust. 
Our current offering covers second passport and permanent residence options for the following countries. Malta, Bulgaria, Turkey, the Caribbean islands of St. Kitts, Dominica and Grenada, as well as E2 business visa applications for the US and the vetted EB5 investment option through our trusted partners. Be a part of our success story. Get in touch with PKF Malta today. Super informative, thank you. Um, yeah, I think that we're really lucky with modern technology that we can sort of hold these like face-to-face -face meetings about actually needing to be in the same country or the same room. Um, but of course, there are still lots of very big differences between traditional and online meetings. So it sort of brings me on to my next question. Um, as compared to the traditional uh, physical face-to-face -face conferences that we know and are used to, um, there's probably a lot of pros and cons when you compare the two. Um, so first of all, what, what do you both think were the pros? What did you enjoy and like about your experience of the virtual conference? The readiness and the efficiency of it all, I think, is the main is the main pro of, of this virtual environment. All of this COVID um, uh, drama happened and we travelled quite a lot on business. Um, I personally went to India and China and Miranda also travelled to China last year. Colleagues went to Dubai and Vietnam and Japan. So we covered a lot of territory, promoting Malta um, as a jurisdiction of choice. Um, so for me, um, the, the main pro of all this, saying that I don't really like the, the whole flying aspect of it, wake up and sit on your desk and, and then attend the conference. So they do away with the planes and the jet lag. When you attend, attend the physical conference, it hits you around four, three days when you get there and then three days when, uh, when you're traveling back to Malta and getting back into Maltese um, time. So I think the fact that we had all the information, as Miranda correctly said, readily available, and we could see the panelists speak live or else they can, we can watch the recording later. You would save it and they had a tab briefcase. Okay, great. So it sounds like it's certainly like less time consuming, less yeah, energy consuming. Awesome. And it was great that you had this technology at hand that allowed you to sort of be so efficient, I guess. And then switching it up, what were the things that you struggled with or maybe missed out on in comparison with your traditional face-to-face -face conferences? I think the main the main con, um, although we did enter into this conference and this experience with an open mind and seeing that it was the first time it, something like this was being organized and it was imposed because of the current um, circumstances, didn't have super high expectations even in terms of attendance. Um, so that was, I think, the main con of, of, the, of the whole experience, that it was rather slow, especially on the second day. And uh, on a hunt, uh, seeing the, the Asian um, attendees and myself and Marilyn um, had the, the rest where we would try and contact them and see whether they were interested um, in learning more about Malta or is forming some form of collaboration with them. So I think the, the attendance and the, the pace um, was, was the main on. Um, going on from that, um, I suppose in like a face-to-face -face conference, you know, you're sort of meeting people with similar interests or operating in similar fields and there are lots of like networking opportunities that can arise from that. But I would imagine in this virtual format that that's quite tricky, like meeting 
like meeting new people and it would be kind of difficult did you did you have that experience you miss out on on uh, you know in the evening when the conference is over and visiting a, a restaurant in the area or or visiting an, an attraction um, of the of the country so you don't really immerse yourself in, in the culture of the place you're visiting so that definitely is is another downside i would mm-hmm. say of Yes, um, the networking aspect of it is is another con, put it that way, because as you rightly said, in a real conference, you would have better opportunities to network. You would have the usually the cocktail party in the in the evening, to have the the buffet lunch um, where everyone stops for for an, an hour or two, time to to be social and and forget a bit what, why we are there and um, we would still try and sell them <laughs> the product obviously everyone is there for the same reason trying to sell their their country's product or or any other products that they they have on offer but yes definitely in in this experience it was more like you cut to the chase and if you open a chat or someone speaks to you it's you know they're not there to do small mm-hmm. talk you jump straight into the the purpose of of why you're you're there really so yes, I think that that can be added as another con, and also the culture aspect of it, attending a conference from from your the office desk, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think like anyone who is working remotely or I don't know doing school remotely, there's I think the main thing is that there's like a human connection, a face to face human connection that's really missing. The personal touch is definitely out of the equation. Yeah, totally. With these like advantages and disadvantages taken into account, do you think that this virtual way of conference participation is actually something that should be continued even after this pandemic eventually sweeps over or you're eager to get back to, uh, you know, traveling and having this cultural connection and so on? This was an experiment almost, um, and I think it's the organizers of this conference really took the plunge and made an opportunity out of such a bad, a bad crisis almost. And um, so I think we are living in a Samsung versus Kodak moment. We like to say between us, and um, so really only those who are innovative now will succeed and survive later. I think it was a very well executed conference. So. There were some things that could could be improved, and um, for example, more three D aspect. A combination of the two um, would be, or else even add a, a video chat um, option if if you want to speak to someone with a video chat right there and then. That might add a bit of a more personal touch. So there are definitely improvements, but I think um, seeing that physical conferences can really um, take a toll sometimes when you're constantly traveling the best way forward because I think now that we have discovered this efficient way and comfortable way of doing business I think that remote um, conferences will will remain with us see how comfortable and efficient it can be to attend a conference make business from the comfort of your office or, or home without catching a plane I think that is something that that will remain with us post-covid scenario so I think Having said all that, we, we still miss the buzz of, of traveling to a, a new place and immersing ourselves in, in the culture, actually meeting people and creating bonds that sometimes turn into friendships and, and apart from business. 
I think the the best way forward would be a mix up of, of the two. Having, as Miranda said, attending a, a physical conference and then slotting in a virtual conference here and there. Okay, great, thank you. So that kind of brings me on to the last question. Um, I'm interested to know overall how you would rate the virtual experience and why, and also would you recommend others to take advantage in this in, in this virtual format uh, if such opportunities arose for other people to take part in these kind of expos? Well, I think um, I would personally rate the first day a 7 to 8 out of 10 and the second day a bit less, maybe a 6 to a 7. Um, only because, as I previously said, the second day was much slower and you had to make much more of an effort to, to try and make a, a, a good connection that might eventually re result in some interest. Overall, I think the experience was a very good one. As previously mentioned, we, we didn't put our expectations super high. So I think personally, my expectations were reached. Overall, the, the conference was very well organized. And they thought of everything, I, I believe. I mean, there are some aspects that can be improved, especially adding a more personal touch to, to, to the experience um, so that you can feel that you're actually almost there um, so they can take it a, not a notch up but I, I definitely would recommend um, the experience to, to anyone especially since unfortunately we don't know how for how long this, the situation will last so I think to make best of what we can uh, at the moment so these virtual conferences and these organizers that have um, taken the opportunity or have given us um, an alternative route so I think businesses should should take advantage of that new opening now it is uh, after after all then as as all other conferences it is then up to you the, the representatives um to to follow up so for us now it would be a, we already started the marriage of follow-ups and calls trying to open the interests um, and trying to to tie in um those contacts that you would have made at, at the conference that really then is what's equals and into the success of a conference I, I would say. Super insightful into um, you know one of the ways that we're adapting to this new way of living. Um, it's really fascinating to sort of hear how this virtual expo played out and sort of the, the things that you missed about um, traditional face-to-face -face conferences and also the things that the advantages that came along with the virtual expo that can hopefully play a part in improving how we do this kind of thing in the future. Uh, so that brings us to an end. Um, thank you everyone for listening to this episode. And of course, a big thank you to our guests today, Michaela and Miranda. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Bit Podcast. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn and Twitter.